How many hours and years of our lives do we spend on work? For nearly all of us, we spend 30 plus years and one third of our days in our vocation. More time, perhaps, than we spend at rest or at play. But this isn't a problem. Why? Because work is good. Work needs to be integrated deeply into our lives and must be in line with our most important goals and values. And if it is, we have a far more complete and fulfilling life experience. Welcome to the How People Work podcast, where we explore the intersection of how humans think and act and how they apply themselves to their work. When you understand both of these things, you'll be equipped to be insightful, compassionate, and compelling leaders. Welcome back to How People Work. This is your host, Jordan Peace, and your other host, Jason Murray. Hey, Jason, say hello. hello. Um, We have been feverishly talking about the topic of well-being. We got into the Deloitte Workforce well-being study imperative imperative um in the last episode important we uh it is very self-important uh we got into that a little bit there's actually far more to discuss and to discover today so we're gonna um do more of that we'll actually share an infographic or two with you as we go along in the episode if you are looking at the video portion but thanks again for listening in um to recap last time, where we landed, um, a few things. One, everybody needs to have, in order to have true well-being, you need to have sort of your own mission, vision, values in life and know who you are independent of your employer so that you can find the right employer, align to that right employer, and really be bought in in a way that's really integrated and really true to your nature and kind of your worldview. And then when we got into the Deloitte study, um, really where we landed was, again, with this infographic, this idea of what is the forward-thinking idea around well-being and what's the purpose of well-being, which is defined by Deloitte, and we agree with this, as the ambition for human sustainability. Uh, We ended the episode by talking about the fact that work is a determinant of well-being. Well-being is a shared responsibility between the individual employee and the organization, the employer, uh, that the employer must create an environment that is uh, suitable for well-being, where well-being can be created and sustained. Um, And that lastly, that organizational structures impact well-being, not just throwing perks and benefits at the wall and seeing what sticks, but really creating holistically an environment and a culture where well-being can take hold and be sustained. Yep. So we're going to continue with the Deloitte study today. And Jason, why don't you take us and, and sort of tee us up, talk about the rest of this study and what you and I have learned through through it. Yeah, so we, we kind of went deep on a couple areas of the study already that we're going to gloss over this time. But I think there's probably two areas um, that I think are interesting and merit some discussion. So uh, one of those is the study outlines three factors that they say have uh, an outsized impact on well-being. And they call these the work determinants of well-being. And mm-hmm. so in a similar fashion to what Uh, we've talked about in previous episodes, the World Health Organization calls social determinants Mm. of health uh, and well-being. You know, this article is sort of taken a similar paradigm and labeled 
these things uh, work determinants of well-being. And so from their research and studies um, or a survey that was conducted that served as kind of the primary source material uh, for this report, they determined that the three work determinants of well-being are leadership behavior at all levels of the organization. So basically, I mean, I think you'd probably summarize this maybe as like, hey, people don't leave, you know, companies, they leave managers. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of like maybe an encapsulation of that, like the leadership behavior of individuals Mm. within the organization have a significant bearing on an employee's experience. Seems self-evident. Um, how the organization and jobs are designed. So that's something that's interesting, probably merits a little bit of discussion, maybe um, adding a little bit more color to what we talked about last time with right. the sort of intentionality behind designing employee experience. Yeah. Um, and then ways of working across organizational levels. And so some of what that means is, you know, are people just kind of working in silos by function mm. or is there more you know, cross-functional interaction, how does that work take place uh, across teams, for example, is it perhaps more project-based versus just kind of function-based, hmm. uh, some of those kinds of things. So, um, I mean, curious, just, I know you have a lot of thoughts and ideas, like how some of those just strike you initially. Yeah, I think, um, I mean, what I was sit- sitting there thinking when you were reading those is um, around job design and like organizational design i think that as a leader for me i'm probably better at one and pretty poor at the other so organizational design i think i've got a decent idea at least around like how we're going to carry ourselves an organization how we're going to treat each other what our values are going to be what we're going to hold each other accountable to from a kind of a human standpoint um, and a relational standpoint. But the job design element is just not not a strength for me, uh-huh. right? I'm like, well, I know I need these tasks done, right? And I, yeah. Or I know that I need this goal to be aided by the work of this person. But I think sometimes we maybe fail to design a job as well as it needs to be fully designed so that the person that's placed in that role knows kind of not only what's expected of them, but like why what's expected of them matters and how it connects to the kind of the mission and the vision of the organization. Mm-hmm. And um, so I was, I was thinking about that, honestly, but the leadership behavior at all levels, you know, that that is just, you know, it's kind of an old adage. Like you said, people don't leave companies, they leave managers. And I mean, there's a lot of failures there uh, mm-hmm. that are implicit in that statement. <laughs> like one is like p- if people are leaving a company because of a manager, then there is some sort of there is some very clear to me responsibility to the upper level leadership mm-hmm. of where well, you left a manager in place that would run people out of the job. Right. Right. Like what the hell? Yeah. Like how could you leave someone in place that, that is so uh, difficult to work with. Right. Or so maybe even as far as kind of like abusive of their power or whatever the case mm-hmm. may be that people would actually literally quit their job, which is a very stressful thing to do, and go look for another directly as a result of a managerial relationship. Yeah, That's that's a failure on my part. It's a failure on your part as executives 
to to not see that yeah to, you know so that's 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 it's a big a, deal i mean I, I will say though it feels like a topic that is maybe more complex than we want to acknowledge because i think there this to me feels like one of those areas where there's a shared responsibility okay right fair and so if you yeah. think about uh like managers absolutely a thousand percent have a responsibility to care for their people, right. look out for their interests. Like I, I would say the number one job if you lead people is to make sure your people are successful. Right. Right. Because sure. whatever you're charged with as a leader of a team, let's say, you know, your success in accomplishing your own goals is really contingent upon how successful the people on your team are going to be. Yeah. And so the people on your team aren't a means to your own end, right? right? Your job, the means or your end rather right. is help your people be as successful as they can possibly be and mm. whatever they're doing. Right. And I think that helps change the paradigm. But then on the flip side of that is none of us are mind readers. Right. Like if an employee has like, we're all wired so differently. I've had this experience myself and working with individuals who just like, you miss each other on right. communication style, sure, right. leadership style. Something gets said, maybe taken out of context mm. and somebody feels a certain way about right. it. And it's like, hey, I, I need you to tell me. I, like, right. I need you to communicate openly. And it's my responsibility to make sure people feel safe. Like they can communicate sure. openly right. with me without you know, threat yeah. or repercussions and whatnot. But at the same time, it's also the individual's responsibility to say, hey, this isn't working for me, mm. right? Like I yeah. need some help here. Like, is, right. there, is there anything we can do? And a good manager probably ought to say like, hey, yeah, let's talk about it. Maybe we right. can't fix all of this, but maybe we can fix some of this, right? Yeah. Or, hey, I'm sorry. I didn't realize like I was doing something that was right. like causing you to feel a certain way. Yeah, I think you're, you're right. I mean, I, I, there's two problems there. Like one, if if a leader really truly cares about the people that they lead and they're pursuing their well-being and they're pursuing their success and and all of that then that sh that ought to be enough right so long as the individual that's being led has the courage mm -hmm. to say this is how i'm doing this is what i need this is how what you said or the way that you lead makes me feel or makes me react, right? Like, I think of the intention is there and the courage is there to be vulnerable and to be forthright on both ends, mm -hmm. then this type of thing's not just not going to happen. Right. Right, because yeah. failures are going to happen and errors are going to happen. Right. But, you know, when the intention is there to cultivate this environment of well-being, yeah. right, then, you know, you, yeah. you can solve a whole lot. Well, and I, I think... I, I'm curious what you would say to this. I think it would be a mistake to conflate compassion with good leadership. Mm. It's important that leaderships that that leaders demonstrate compassion for their people, but that doesn't in and of itself comprise all of what it means, right? And so certainly, there's there's comp, like you could be yeah. an incompetent compassionate leader. Right. Right. And that's not what we're aiming for. Yeah. Right. We're yeah. aiming for like the leader has expectations. Right. Right. And so, I mean, some of what this article points out is, you know, they're on the job expectation side, there's micromanagement, 
which is a horrible experience right. for you as an employee yeah. if you're being micromanagement. And then there's undermanagement, mm-hmm. which is probably what I'm more inclined to do with individuals that have reported to me, which is, hey, I don't give enough direction, right? I like right. I like giving people autonomy, right. but I like it so much that sometimes people are like, hey, what the heck am I supposed to be doing here? Am I doing the right stuff? Am right. I working on things that are important? Yeah. Like, am I focused on things that, you know, are aligned with what we're trying to do here? And I think that's a really important part too. So, you know, we have to balance all of those things, which I think, you know, ties into what we talked about in the last episode, which is we actually really need to focus on doing good work to manage or uh, level up, let's say, mm. you know, the people leaders, the people that manage people within our organizations, which is who our podcast is for, you know, we need to help them level up and how they think about, you know, the work that they're doing with their teams. Yeah. I, I mean, I think, again, we talked about in the last episode that like, you don't like binaries, right? Like, I don't. I really and, don't. And you shouldn't, right? Because they they set up the they set up a false paradigm that one thing is right and the other thing is necessarily wrong. And in some yeah. cases, that's true, right? It's just you know, like 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 tomatoes are poisonous, right? Like that that is a truism. It is true. That's just true, yeah. right? Uh, there's no debating Especially that. Especially the heirloom kind. They're all like big and <laughs> like a, it's, it's a, just it's a family trait. It's we're, gross. We're not we're not tomato lovers in my family, um, but. Yeah, yeah, I think I think this um you've got leaders I, I guess in that binary, you've got leaders that are your friend and they understand and they heard you and they know how you feel and right. they're compassionate and they care. And but you can spend all of your time caring and feeling and empathizing and it's not actually loving to people it's not actually what they need mm-hmm. it's just to feel and feel and feel and feel mm-hmm. you know they actually need to be aligned and reminded of the mission yeah and what are we here for and like how might we take our feelings and like still feel them yeah but through those feelings continue to strive continue to work and continue to pursue the mission for which we are here Right. Right. And then you've got other leaders, right? Again, it's already set up this binary scenario that it's just like, screw your feelings, Uh get the work done, get the job done. And I feel like as a leader, one of the, one of my failures is that I swing like a pendulum from one side to the other. Yeah. Where I'm just like, man, I just, I just, I just hate that people are going through this. I hate that people feel whatever that they're feeling or like our company fringe, like literally we are in the midst of a, a, you know, an economic downturn. We're in the midst of, you know, like most companies, just a hard time, a scary time of just like, Hey, are gonna, people are going to continue to buy this? They're going to, mm-hmm. our clients going to continue to use this and appreciate this. Or their CFO is going to get a hold of it and just slash the thing you right. know, recklessly because, you know, it's something to slash. Like, and, you know, and so you can swing from like, oh, man, I really hate that people are feeling the fear of that yeah. and then fail to lead from the standpoint of just like, yeah, but we got a mission to fulfill. Like, let's go, yeah. you know, um, and then swing too far that way and forget to care for people and their feelings and so forth. So it's easy for leaders to, um, you know, when they're not given sort of, you know, a really good example of how to lead and yeah. how to manage those aspects to kind of fall into one binary side or the other. Yeah, you know? yeah. Well, and I think this probably gets us into um, some of the discussion that we want to have around this infographic and these work determinants because, you know, on the leadership 
side in particular, like it's so, it's, it's so difficult. I mean, anyone that's been in leadership and anyone that's been responsible for teams and leading and managing people like would understand that it's just a difficult job. I mean, like something that I've learned and I kind of say often or find myself saying often, you know, maybe it's advice or just like something you learn is like, Hey, if you're in leadership, it's always your fault. Yeah. Right. Like it doesn't matter. You know, that's just part of what comes with the job. And I've also learned that, uh, the job, it's really difficult. A lot of people, especially when you're shifting from being an individual contributor, you know, that type of role where you're responsible, like where you, a lot or some or a lot of your work has been doing the things. Right. Right. Very task oriented, let's say to like, Hey, now most of my work is actually managing people. And it's Mm -hmm. a very, very different paradigm. And I think what's really interesting, and I want you to kind of share some of this is, um, you know, like what are these work determinants and then what it looks like? Cause I think on the leadership side in particular, there's some, some things that are really interesting and, and probably level up to a degree that's maybe a little uncomfortable. Mm. Like what our expectations should be for anyone who's leading people. Mm. Gosh, I have a lot to say about leadership. Yeah. Um, in a very short time, I, I feel like I, I went from an individual contributor in um in a role that we were in you know we were both in like prior to fringe prior to our other company greenhouse money where we were completely responsible for every single task right and and running our little yeah if you don't do it it doesn't happen it just doesn't it just doesn't happen right and now to be you know ceo of a company it's it's incredibly different, and I, I will say it's a lot scarier to me, at least, than, How the, so? than being an individual. Because I, whatever emotion I felt in the day, if I felt like oh, I'm not getting enough done, or I haven't made enough calls, or I haven't had enough meetings, or I haven't whatever, I would just go do the thing. Whatever the thing was that felt that, as though it were lacking, it's more clear. I would just go do it yeah. myself, right? Right. But my role now is very far removed from that. It right. would actually be a great offense to people if I just if I was stressing out about like, oh, well, yeah. we didn't get enough leads this month or we didn't like whatever, whatever the thing is, yeah. like we didn't we didn't put enough ads out there. Or You're we not didn't, the one that's single-handedly and, responsible. And, and if for I that. just went and just started doing it, yeah. right, people would be like, what the hell kind of leadership is that? Yeah. Right? Like, do you not trust that I can do it? Do you not trust that you have leaders under you who lead others, who lead others, who right, right get this stuff done? Like it would actually be a, a big mistake right. for me to just like grab the reins and just do the task, yeah. right? And so it just takes this enormous amount of trust. And I have to trust that the executive leadership yeah. team is leading the management team that's leading the mid-management team that's leading the individual contributors yeah. to do the thing that I once and not so far in the in the past did myself. Yeah. And it's terrifying because I have so little direct control. Right. And so for one, that's why it's so important to build your organization well and to hire people you can trust, yeah. right? But but for two, like, it, like I have to facilitate an environment where I am trusting in people and they feel that trust, yeah. right? And they feel as though I have belief in them that they can do the thing that's necessary. Otherwise, they don't feel safe. 
they feel like somebody's just going to like snatch their job away from them yeah. or their task away from them. And they also just don't get to feel that sense of like, I have a purpose here. Right. Like I have a thing that like, this is my expertise. This is my thing. And I'm going to do this right. for me because it makes me feel like I'm a worthwhile individual because I hustle and I do this thing, but also for the company. And I can't steal that from people. Right. You know, so I have to sit in my fear. Right. And, and in my um, struggle to trust yeah. people that I don't have even, even, even influence over directly. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, I think some of what you are demonstrating right here in this conversation is uh, what they're describing in this article that's really imperative to what leaders do, mm. which is uh, they have self-awareness, mm. right? And there's a level of, I mean, I was surprised to see this in here. They say that uh, your emotional intelligence is really critical right. for leaders because you need to be able to say, hey, like I understand the things that I'm feeling. Right. And I understand that the actions that I take may have a certain way that they feel to the people that I'm leading. And yeah. not everybody understands that. Right. And I think some of what gets difficult too, and we have this at Fringe and I've experienced this myself again, is you know you go through journeys where, hey, maybe I'm managing people and I have individual contributor responsibilities. Right. And that starts to get really tricky. Yeah, like, hey, tricky. some parts of my day, it's like, I am responsible for doing the things. And so right. I got to switch that part of my mind on yep. where it's like, okay, if I don't do this, it doesn't get done. And then over here in this part of my work, it's right. like, okay, I'm responsible for like leading through people. So now mm -hmm. my job over here is help them be successful. Right. And it does take a level of emotional intelligence yeah. and self-awareness to be able to do that well. And even to acknowledge like, hey, like sometimes I'm not going to do it well, right? right. Like yeah. being able to acknowledge that too. Yeah. It's been amazing to me leading a company, like what is meaningful to people and what isn't, you know, like I, like from an individual contributor standpoint, and if that's the majority of your career, which is the majority of mine, I always think like, oh, well, when I was a guest on that podcast or when I wrote that blog or when I like raised that money or when like with the thing that I did, yeah. that's the thing the company needs most. But the feedback I get is absolutely not that. Mm -hmm. The feedback is like, hey, the most important thing you did that this week is when you reached out to so-and-so and you said this, mm -hmm. right? Some very vanilla thing, just like, hey, you did a really great job I'm so right. grateful you're here. Yeah. Something that took some vulnerability, but like very little time. Yeah. Very little intellect yeah. to do. Right. Which, which, you know, thank goodness, right? Like, yeah. like, thank goodness EQ is what's demanded of me and not IQ because my IQ is average at best. But like, you know, don't but, sell yourself short. But, but that's, that's what I keep hearing. That's what's being demanded of me and ask from me is like, like just be vulnerable, yeah. be kind. Be grateful for your people. Express to them that you're thankful for their contributions and give them clear direction on what well, to do. Do you know what one of the things that they list as a key leadership behavior is? Tell me about it. Recognition. Recognition. Which is what you just described, yeah. quite literally. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. I mean, I think it's interesting too, the other thing that they say that stuck out to me when they were talking about, you know, leadership behaviors. So there's this self-awareness, there's this, um, you know, 
emotional intelligence or EQ. Um, they talk about fostering psychological safety, which I feel like I'd, I'd want to unpack maybe separately because mm. I, I have some questions even about what do we mean when we say this and like yeah. what's going on there. Yeah. Um, but the other thing that really stood out to me was um, exi exhibiting positive personal well-being behaviors. So basically mm. like do as I do, not as I say. Right. Right. Which I mean, again, yeah. that's, it's like, duh, like we all learned that, you know, like we all were told like that's what leadership is. Yeah. Right. And that's like what we do with our kids even. Right. Mm. We don't, it's like, Hey, I want to exemplify for my children, yeah. you know, and not that employees are children, but you know, in areas of our lives that I think we just kind of take for granted mm -hmm. that we're leaders of people, right. Our yeah. kids and so forth that, um, sort of the operating principle there is, you know, the words don't matter. The actions are what matters. Mm. Yeah. You know, do as I do. And so that is what they're calling out here is a really critical piece of mm. leadership behavior is like, you know, don't just tell your people, you know, right. Like do this or that, like demonstrate for them, yeah. like what you want that to look like. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it comes right back to just openness and vulnerability. Mm. You know, like yeah. if you, I think as a leader, like if, if you're not really willing to show yourself to the people you lead, like who you really are and what you're about and what, what moves you, why you get out of bed in the morning, like I, it, how are you going to expect anybody else to like operate from this place that we've been preached about the last like two, three episodes, like uh, yeah. around purpose and around like having a mission in life and all that. That's just not you know, exhibited from the top, like what, how do you expect people to act that way? Because it takes right. a serious amount of vulnerability to share with people like, here's what my life is about. You know, like, here's why I do what I do. Mm -hmm. Here are the people that I love and like what I'm striving after for them, you know? Right. And it, it, it all just always, it just, no matter what topic we talk about on this podcast, it always comes back to some incredibly open, vulnerable place that the leaders need to be. Yeah. They need to be at in order to exhibit this like yeah. like fully raw well, human thing. Yeah, you know? that's that's it. It's a human it thing. It always right? comes back to because it. there's there's so many I don't know what you say, so many pressures and like what what we need, what we really uh love getting from somebody is authenticity the actual right? truth yeah like devoid of all the bullshit yeah, yeah yeah and even just knowing like oh man like this person's not bullshitting me like yeah. you know they're like yeah. real and they can acknowledge their mistakes right. and they can acknowledge like right. they don't have it all together failures hey like needs yeah fears I'm growing yeah. too. I'm doing the best I can. Like right. it may not always be awesome. And like, we're on this journey together. And I mm. think that that's actually, when we see that in people, it helps build trust and it helps. Yeah. Maybe that's what some of that psychological safety is. Is like, it helps yeah. build that yeah. setting where it's, it's okay to share those things and talk those things yeah. and, you know, not be perfect. And yeah. So the uh, the table that we uh, I think we're going to share here the after leadership it talks about design of work higher organized so so what it looks like Deloitte describes this as work is designed to limit clutter uh, optimize scope and streamline the flow of information so that workers can focus on outcomes rather than tasks and enable more purpose driven work 
I don't know about the outcomes rather than task, but I think the streamline the flow of information has been a big mm. lesson learned yeah. for the two of us. Yeah. Right. Like I, I think there's so much information that we, we started the co- we started the company that we run. Yeah. Right. We know what's going on. We are in the board meetings. We we know what the bank account looks like. We right. know like what every department is doing. And so there's just this like awareness that's just there from an executive leadership standpoint because you just you just run the damn thing. Where I, I've discovered that there's this really, there's a ton of thought that needs to be poured into the flow of information. Mm-hmm. How information is shared, when it is shared, mm-hmm. from whom's, from whose lips is it uttered, right. and, and when and with what tone and with, you know, because people... You've got people that I think kind of bury their head in the sand. They're just like, I don't know, I just do my job and like whatever. And then you got people on the opposite end of the spectrum. Like, what the hell's going like, on here? I want to know every last thing that's <laughs> yeah. happening, right? I want all of the content. Like, it's not even possible. Yeah, I don't you're know. Just like, first of all, I, I can't give you that. And secondly, like, are you sure? Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, right, right. You know, so I, I think that's big, though. I think it's something we really learned about. You know, we're, we're on this topic of well being, mm-hmm. we're on this top, you know, on this topic of people feeling psychological safety, et cetera. And that's a real struggle, yeah. I think, for us is to figure out exactly what to communicate and when to communicate and how to communicate it. Yeah. And I think that is a leadership um, well, I think essential. That's tied to the outcomes. And so yeah. that's how I interpret some of this is that mm. it, it's less about like people need to know everything exactly at the right time. I mean, mm-hmm. it's just going to be impossible because everyone has a different way that they feel about it as you said a whole lot of but what everybody surely needs to know is what do i need to do what does success look like what are we aiming for yeah right and i think that when i so that's what stood out to me when i read this was the outcomes rather than tasks like i don't care what you're doing day to day as long as this is what we get right and the this needs to be really clear yeah. And everybody needs to be aligned with it from top to the bottom of the organization, yeah. right? right? So that is very obvious, like this is the expectation, this is the outcome that we're aiming for. Now, how you get there, right. there could be a whole bunch of ways that you get there, right? right? And I think that's where like the autonomy and trust comes into play because mm-hmm. people want autonomy, they need autonomy in what they do. And so we could say, hey, this is what we need delivered, right? How yes. you get there, I can help, I'm willing to, dive in. I'm not going to micromanage you in it, but like, this is what we need. Right. Mm. And you let me know what help you need, but you also have creativity and autonomy within that to like get there. Like, hopefully that's why we hired people that we believe like have that ability to probably better than we would, you know, come up with ways in which we're going to achieve the Mm. outcomes, maybe, you know, with better designs than we would have come up with on our own. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's easy to think that that work is this like linear path where you come in as an individual contributor and you become some sort of associate manager of some kind and then you manage. Yeah, it's the career ladder, right? And this ladder and like, it's just not really true. Like people have particular giftings and skill sets and some people need to be really highly paid and beloved and appreciated individual contributors 
for 35 years. Yeah. And because that is how, that is just what they're great at. It's just getting stuff done, right? And sure, can they show others how they get it done kind of along the way, you know, in the moment? Yeah. Like it's not like, it's not to say that there isn't any leadership capacity there, but that maybe the role doesn't fit that. Because when I think about what you just said, like their, their tactics and their, their strategy, right? Yes. What we're concerned about is the strategy and the strategy is like whatever leads us to the outcome. Right. And so we're going to have this notion of like, we're going to climb the mountain because at the top of the mountain, there's this garden full of fruits and vegetables and everything we need to sustain us. And it's just a beautiful yummies. We're just going to get up there. I, you and I, we don't care whether we, you know, throw a zip line up and we, we climb up or we, we use carabiners or we don't, or we, we, you know, we paraglide or we like, I, I don't care. Paraglide we, up the yeah, mountain. We use giant springs like in a Mario game or something. I don't care how we get up there, but there are people, right. That are actually fantastic. Exactly that. Right. That like, no, actually the best tactic is this. Yeah. Right. Cause we're going to waste a bunch of energy doing this route or that yes. route or the yes, other thing. Yes. You know, and and I think sometimes we're so obsessed with I got to climb the corporate ladder, I got to like get to the next, you know, stage. We should have like quote low level or mid level managers that might be some of the highest paid people in the organization because they're so freaking good. Yeah, or not even managers, tactics, right? Yeah, yeah, or not even managers. Maybe just individual contributors. Right, they're the highest paid people in the companies because they're so good yeah. at what they do. And and I think that's one of the mistakes of how work is designed to kind of get back to exactly the infographic here. Like it's some sometimes it's designed to be a ladder. Yeah, that's how you escalate and that's how you move up. Yeah, and there's responsibility of the organization to make sure they design paths for people to find ways to contribute that don't require like, hey, the only way for you to go up here is to manage people. And so, I mean, I've gone from in my time at Fringe managing small teams to managing teams of 20 people to now I have literally nobody that reports to me and actually kind of love it. Like it's been a really (laughs) great, it's been a great time. Yeah, I've been doing some cool stuff, working on projects. So like I'm the one doing the task stuff and executing, but uh, it's great. Right. And so, I mean, I'd also want to encourage people listening even to feel like, hey, really think deeply Mm. about what you love doing Mm -hmm. too because you know there may be a path that isn't what you always thought it needed to be this is exactly where the satisfaction and well-being is a joint responsibility yes right because you can tell that what you just said is the opportunity individuals employees out there find what you love and do it but if your employer doesn't facilitate the opportunity where you can progress in where where you find your calling, if you will, you find yeah. like exactly what you're best at. And they're just like, well, yeah, you're best at this. So like, we're just gonna, you yeah. know, treat you like you've been here a short time, and right? Like not really reward your expertise. Right. That's problematic. Thousand percent. Yeah. Yeah. So let's hit on this last one here. Yeah. So ways of working, how you get work done. So Mm. um, I want to read the description, but this will tie into some stuff that we've talked about in the previous episode. Tech is used in strategic ways to facilitate automation, enable more meaningful work and limit task switching. Streamlined tech comes with clearly communicated expectations and supports intentionally designed hybrid work. There's a lot there. 
There's a lot. There's there's so many um so many buzzwords in there. Yeah, a lot of buzzwords. Well, yeah. they are consultants. Hybrid work. They gotta sound really important. Streamline tech. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you really doubt on consultants tonight. <laughs> um no, I think uh yeah, I mean what I take away from that if I like get through all the BS of like the jargon, <laughs> I'm like, okay, meaningful work. Yes. Enable meaningful work, right? Um, and clearly communicate expectations. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. Give people flexibility. And I took flexibility. Yeah. The hybrid, yeah. cause the hybrid work thing, I mean, it's kind of a hot topic right yeah. now. And I think it's a little ridiculous that it is a hot topic. I mean, yeah. I think where that plane is going to land is like people are going to need hybrid work, like period. So let's where, not even discuss it further. Than where that. else could it even land? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I, I agree wholeheartedly. Um, I think, yeah, again, I mean, we said this earlier, I don't want to beat a dead horse, but like clearly communicated expectations. Mm-hmm. Like literally everything else is a tactic. Mm-hmm. Everything else beyond here's your job, here's how your job connects to the broader purpose of what we're trying to do, and here's how I define success for your particular role, mm-hmm. right? Everything else is a tactic. Oh, well, okay, I'm not really sure how to do my job. Use this tool. I don't know how to use the tool. Get trained. Right. I don't like this tool. Let's get another tool. <laughs> right. Everything else is a tool. Everything else is a tactic. Everything else is a kind of a way in which the thing gets done. But that's not where organizations fail. Right. Organizations can always find the right piece of software. Yeah. Right. One, the the danger is thinking that that's going to fix the problem. Yes. When it's not the problem. Right. It's not the problem. Right. The problem is people don't actually know what's expected of them. Yeah. I want the new shiny thing. Right. That's not the problem. That's not the problem at all. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And sometimes you just, you know, sometimes the, the expectations are clear and sometimes the tool is actually there in place, you know, but it's just, you just going through a period of like struggle, Yeah, you know, like I kind of described, we were talking about this with with some other people at Fringe lately, like it's an economic downturn. It's just a tough time for a lot of businesses right now. And we've actually been really fortunate to not like have a horribly hard time right now. We're doing pretty well. But, like, sometimes you're just on a losing streak. The whole country's on a losing streak right now. Mm-hmm. It's not time to freak out, change tactics, change strategy, change people, whatever. It's just, you just kind of got to hustle. Mm-hmm. You just got to believe that work is good and believe in your mission and purpose and just get after it, mm-hmm. and, and things are going to turn around. Um, to, I, you, not to diminish what this is saying about, like, the ways of working are important, the tactics are important, yeah. the design of work is important. But I think all the more so, like if you, the top of the chart here, if you've got leaders that people trust right, and like a clear direction that we're heading and people understand how their job aligns to the direction that yeah. the company's heading in, you can weather a whole lot of storms. Yeah. You know, and, and, and switching tools around might help you in yeah. small ways, but it's not the point. Yeah. I mean, I think it's just achieving leverage with the tools. So yeah. I think, I mean, the hot topic now is chat GPT, you know, whatever, like people are finding all sorts of creative ways to do it. I mean, even in my own work, I found some interesting ways to leverage chat GPT to create efficiency. And so, and so I think those are great things, right? Because they can help people accomplish the job faster. It can maybe offload mundane work that, 
you know, is a little bit drudgery and that kind of stuff. And then um, the task switching is actually really interesting to Mm -hmm. me. I think we'll come back to that in another episode because the task switching, I mean, it's something we've been talking about at Fringe with deep work days. Right. Right. Because the task switching actually gets in the way of doing real deep work, which helps the company from a productivity standpoint. But there's actually a lot of science that I want to delve into around deep work how that ties into the mm. notion of flow, mm. which is psychological principle. And I've how heard the you notion, talk about flow. Yeah, and times. how the notion of flow. You're a big flow guy. Yeah, I mean, well, flow relates very strongly to your sense of satisfaction mm. and purpose at work. Right. And so it, to the degree that you experience more flow, right. all of those things are gonna be felt right. more positively. And right. so I think that task, limiting task switching, that's sort of a, a negative framing. The positive right. framing would be like, well, hey, we're, you know, actually accomplishing something better by, you know, replacing task switching time or moving back and forth with, you know, something that's deeper and more meaningful in terms of the work that's taking place. That makes perfect sense. Well, we are well into uh, the time that we intended to. We are. To- <laughs> but we've covered and I think exhausted this report. We have. I think I think we did well. Um, I just realized too that I, I think we're going to have to give you a W on um, the word of the week because I just like completely Ooh. fell down. Is this a win-loss game equivocal. now? Yeah. Oh. I think, yeah, <laughs> I, mean, yeah I, I think it probably ought to be. If it is, the intensity is about to increase. <laughs> Someone to just take the L here instead of trying to come up with some <laughs> BS sentence to find a, a place for equivocal in our conversation. Um, I was I was lost in the conversation itself and, and didn't think much about it. So I apologize to the audience for breaking my streak here. Well, uh, I will give you the word for the next Yeah, episode, give me the word for next week. Which is carouse. Wow. You're just getting better all the time. And I'm getting worse. Oh, we'll see how that plays out. Uh, thank you so much, guys, for listening um, to How People Work. It's been an enjoyable uh, time just sitting here with you, Jason. I appreciate, again, your your preparation, your insights, your, your reading, your nerding out, as I like to say, on uh, different articles and studies that you're looking into. Uh, I hope this episode was enjoyable to listen to. Um, please do send us feedback, send us questions. Please. We'd love to um, answer any questions for you guys or just have discussions that are uh, particularly interesting to what's going on in your life and your work and the things that you're trying to learn about. Thanks for listening. We'll catch you next week. 